Hey guys, and welcome to the Small Business Big Stories podcast. I'm your host, Brittany, and I'm so excited to be bringing you some of the best Toronto female entrepreneurs and their stories. This podcast is for my Toronto ladies, millennial ladies to be exact, who are looking to start their own side hustle or to take their passion project full time. Now, we're going to be working on that self-confidence and helping you see that badass businesswoman that you are, but we're also going to be equipping you with tangible resources and tools. For example, where to even go to register your business, what platforms to use when you start invoicing your clientele, and so much more. When I was first starting my business, and that wasn't too long ago, I was a bit overwhelmed, really nervous, really hesitant, and I started to lean on the mentors and the female entrepreneurs around me. And I thought to myself, how selfish would I be if I didn't share this with aspiring female entrepreneurs and specifically my Torontonians? This is my home. This is where my heart is. And this is where I want to help out the most. So grab a pen and paper, get comfy, be prepared to learn a lot and be prepared to be inspired. Hey, Allison, thank you so much for coming on today. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm so happy that you were able to make the time to come on the podcast. I've been wanting you to feature as a guest. You sort of been on my mind ever since I actually started the podcast um, and decided to pivot to highlighting female Toronto entrepreneurs. And I'm like, Allison, it fits this so well. Uh, I've just been coming to Texture Studio for so long and you just like, the shop just embodies like the quirkiness of Toronto and especially the Leslieville area as well. I just feel like it's such a staple of the Leslieville area and it just, it speaks to the culture in Leslieville. There's just so many, there's like so many quirks and, uh, and different pockets that makes it Leslieville that just makes it so unique. Uh, so Anyways, I'm going to stop talking for a second, pass it off to you, let everyone know who you are uh, and uh, what Texture Studio is, and maybe a little bit about the birth story of Texture. Awesome. Thank you for having me, Brittany. It's so great to be asked to be on this. I'm super excited, and I've brushed up on all of your podcasts with a lot of really awesome people, so it's a definite privilege to be talking to you today. Uh, so my name is Allison. I own Texture Studio in Leslieville. Um, we have been open for over seven years now. So um, it's my little, you know, living room in the East End is kind of an extension of me and it has been for all that time. But um, I started the salon seven years ago. It's definitely taken a transformation over time but it's always kind of been my my right arm or you know a part of me in a way but um I started it with someone else initially and then have since branched off just to run it on my own and um yeah it's my little salon in the east end awesome awesome so you guys you offer obviously haircuts color styling 
uh, I know before you guys were doing like pre-COVID, I think you were doing like microblading, brows as an option. Is that yeah. going to come back? We, you know, I dabble in little things along the way, of course. So we've done a little bit of everything. We've done makeup, we've done microblading, of course. Our core services are haircuts and color. And as time has gone on, we, uh, for whatever reason, I think based on the image that we project, we also do a lot of really cool fashion colors. And I like to sculpt patterns into people's heads when I shave their heads. So we yeah, I'm so excited. Um, we do a very broad range of services. And I think, again, as time has gone on, we've kind of focused in on some of the niche services um, that are offered in our area and happily, you know, accept amazing clientele that want to try new and fun things. Absolutely. Yeah. You explained it perfectly. Uh, every time I walk in or actually let me go, go back to like when I first walked in, this was a while ago. Now I want to say I was probably in my early 20. No, it can't be that long. Cause you've been open for seven years, right? Seven years, seven and a half years okay. now. So it might've actually been when you guys opened Probably like maybe a little after you guys opened. And I think you still had a partner at the time, uh, a business partner at the time. And I walked in and I was like, this is awesome. Like, this is where I'm going to get my hair done. Because, you know, when you think about a salon that you go into, you sometimes, it depends on where you go, right? Like you think about bright lights and like these huge mirrors and uh, you just there's like a certain smell and just a certain vibe that goes into a hair salon. I think maybe just personally speaking, it's the hair salons that I had previously gone to, which is where this sort of image comes from. I know everybody's experience is different, but I, when I walked into yours, I was like, this, this is more like it. This is where I feel, you know, at home and you want to feel that way or at least I want to feel that way when I walk into a hair salon I'm trusting someone with my luscious locks and I don't and you know it's it's really important that people do feel comfortable in a space where they're making changes to their physical appearance sure. and so when I walk in now it's more and more become like your best friend's living room. Like you just yeah. walk in and you're like, all right. And you're like greeted by this like lovely gentleman or woman. And uh, you just like hang up your coat it, whenever the season is what it is. And then you're just like, you're just greeted with all this, like all these pleasantries and this great vibe and awesome music. And yeah, you're just like hanging out with good friends, having good conversation, and you just happen to be getting your hair done at the same time. That's I think awesome. that yeah. you did like, um, a great job. Thank you. Doing that. <laughs> it was um, definitely like partially uh, intentional and then also unintentional, just kind of naturally went that way based on salons I've worked in in the past, like similar to what you said a lot of salons and in all the good ways as well are very, they have a more of a sterile aesthetic to them. Yeah. But, you know, like grayscale, black attire, you know, white walls, really, really yes. clean finish. 
And I wanted it to be more an extension of, you know, make myself feel comfortable really. And then just by doing that and being comfortable, you know, you start to attract as well the people that feel comfortable in that environment as well. So I did want to stray a little bit from what I had known because in my idea, what I had known hadn't worked in certain ways. So I Mm -hmm. wanted to make it work in my way and also be comfortable in my own space. And then it it works in so many different ways because you end up attracting people that work for you that are of similar mindset and also clients that kind of want to experience that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Like I was saying, you, you did such a great job creating this environment that is such a true reflection of you and your staff and everybody's personality and just making everyone feel like they are comfortable being their unique selves. I've seen some of the great work that you have done with your clients, just in terms of like the colors uh, and the designs that they, that they are so, you know, open and willing to experiment with. And it's such a cool experience and a cool journey to go on because I don't just feel like I go in and I'm sure a lot of your clients can speak to this, but I don't feel like I'm just going in to get a haircut. I feel like I'm going in, like I said, best friends living room, and we're just sort of experimenting with something that is, it is super important in a way because it is your sort of like internal creativity and expressing that in your physicality. Right. So like you're able to sort of take who you are uniquely you and express that through like color, cut, design. And I think that is the best way of self-expression, like the best kind of self-expression. I wish, honestly, I wish I could be so much more experimental with my hair. There are so many things that I want to do, but just because of the jobs that I hold, um, the tattoos and it seems to be enough. I seem to be like just hitting that <laughs> threshold of like, okay, Brittany, um, we, we, we love Sorry, you. We and, uh, now. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That's, that's another thing to me too, right? Is that we are in 2021. We live in Toronto and I've seen companies sort of expand in terms of their view and their perspective on self-expression, whether it be tattoos or hair color or piercings, uh, and how that sort of fits in with the look of professionalism. Totally. I, think, I think to a certain degree, it's a little BS. <laughs> I can say. I'm right on board with that. <laughs> I feel like, you know, just because this week or like this month, I want to put like a little purple in my hair. Uh, you know, what, how does that really speak to my professionalism or my level of professionalism? Do you have clients that come in who are just like, I want to do this, but I don't know because of my job. We, we definitely have had that a lot. And also because of our aesthetic and because of the work we produce and we do showcase, you know, even if it's, a small subset of our day we do showcase those you know fashion colors and that kind of thing in order to I mean to show what we love to do and also to attract that client kind of clientele but it's something I'm constantly gauging with clients kind of in the corporate realm is like do you get away with this could you get away with this would you want to do this you know not not pushing too hard but um over the years I think it has changed a lot the conversation there 
in that people who previously were like, absolutely, it's a no-go. I could never put that pink in my hair are now kind of like, oh, well, that other person in the office had a little strip of color. And so that kind of got me thinking. They didn't get the wrath of management. So, you know, things like that, um, where we're starting to see more people that are willing to at least like dabble or get their feet wet a little bit. Um, So that's kind of cool. And um, also I feel like it's a safe space for that. So seeing us, you know, like certain things you can kind of hide or, you know, on our side, it's our job to be like, okay, if you want to have this, we could do it in a different way. We could maybe put it underneath. So you can do your business during the day. And then, you know, on the weekend, you tie your hair up and you show a little design in the back or like your little strip of color, things like that. So, I mean, it is changing for sure as well. And I hope it continues to change so we can keep creating. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, I'm so happy to hear that because I have seen an evolution happen for sure. Uh, but I do still see a little bit of that old, older school mentality, which there's nothing wrong with. I mean, you know, when you grow up in a certain era and professionalism is defined a certain way to sort of transition out of that, it's a hard, it's a hard pill to swallow. Uh, but to see that progression and for you to tell me that, you know, you're hearing it from clients, it's really cool because I think things like, you know, things that you do with your hair. Um, I think, like I said, it's just another form of self-expression. And I mean, I've, I, I don't necessarily know what it has to do, but again, I'm speaking from like a millennial perspective where I'm just very much in the mindset that no matter what you look like, it doesn't necessarily depict like your intelligence. Or, you know, what you know about a certain product or brand or whatever you are, whatever I'm consuming from you, um, as yeah, as, as, as a service. So, yeah. I mean, there, there are a few parallels there as well with what's happening right now and with the pandemic, you Mm -hmm. know, certain things that we saw to be the traditional way and the rules we follow, um, just because that's the way they were are now things are changing in corporate um, and other realms as well. So like the working from home and stuff. So when you start to see the disconnect between like the old way and now kind of like going to the new way, like, Oh, you can work from home and things still get done. Like, you know, in other ways, how people, how it can shift maybe into the hair realm also. So that is as much as the pandemic has been a source of frustration and, craziness for everyone it's also you know kind of led us into this new way and hopefully in hair service as well yeah absolutely I know that we were talking about this the other day but just like imagining a time if you could do someone's hair virtually (laughs) (laughs) oh don't do that (laughs) oh too late for that yeah oh oh too much. <laughs> we'll work around that. <laughs> if only there was a way. We have I not mastered that yet. So we're still needed. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, forever. Forever, forever. Yeah. Uh, but no, you bring up an excellent point about how the how the pandemic has opened up these new doors and these new perspe- and unveiled these new perspectives of what work looks like. 
and what the world looks like in terms of, you know, transitioning a lot of services virtually and just redefining certain industries. So I love that you made that parallel between like what has happened in the workspace with the pandemic, which is like with also what has happened with people and expressing creativity and maybe, you know, bleeding a little bit more into people's way of self-expression. And, you know, if you're working from home and, you know, it's a little, the meetings look a little different now. So does that mean that, you know, you can look a little different at work now? Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, so that, that is a definitely a cool perspective and I hope it, it goes in that direction for sure. Yeah. Uh, I mean, people have been seeing that they're, I would maybe in their perspective, they're worse. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> their yeah. long hair, their shags and all that. So who knows, maybe, maybe we can throw a little pink and purple in there and say nothing about it. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So with texture, uh, was this sort of the, a baby of yours that had been thought of, you know, while you were like in high school or like, did you always know that you wanted to be your own boss and get into hair? Is that um, something that you always knew? I, I think I was, there was always a bit in my mind that I wanted to uh, be my own boss in some way. Um, how I was going to do that was not something I was very defined in, in the initial stages or in high school. I actually went to school for psychology at the University of Waterloo and graduated. Um, and then it just started to leak in. I was always very creative, always did art and would do my sister's hair, do little updos and uh, dabbled in makeup as well. So you know, in procrastinating time in university, I started cutting my own hair actually. And oh then I, I cut it to a point where I had no more hair left. So anyways, at that point, once I had graduated, I went to hair school because I was like, this seems like the, the natural progression. I mean, for yeah. most people it would be to go to graduate school, but for me, it was hair school. And then um, worked in a few hair salons. Again, like I said before, very sterile, aesthetically, um, environment so I kind of wanted to break away from that when you see things that don't work in that environment it's kind of that you know angsty teenage mentality where you like end that break away from that and do my own thing so it was a little bit yeah so it was kind of me just wanting to break away from it um there's a little bit of you know having some overconfidence in a way at the time being a little bit younger and you know I can do a better mentality so Mm. Yeah. So, I mean, it worked in my benefit. And I think sometimes in starting any business, you have to have a, maybe, an, I don't know if it's an overconfidence, but definitely a baseline, like true belief in yourself. Um, whether that's a bit of an illusion in some ways, it doesn't really matter because the confidence has to start with you. And then you can project that to your clients and in starting it, because you're going to get, if you think of all the hurdles, you know, before doing it, you'll never get started. So you almost yeah. have to kind of have your blinders on and full faith in yourself. Absolutely. Just to paint a picture, everybody, when you walk into Allison's studio, there is 90s like hip hop and R&B playing. There's graffiti on the wall. Um, there's now a, a beautiful neon sign uh, right as you walk in the door. It is just every 
just Torontonian millennial quirky. You don't even have to be a millennial to really enjoy it, but any like Toronto quirky, unique individual is welcome in the studio and would love just the overall vibe of the studio. And not only is the overall aesthetic amazing, but you're not only greeted by an awesome individual at the front desk, you are greeted by an awesome fur baby. <laughs> oh, yes. Yeah. Burger. <laughs> when did you start bringing Burger to work, to the studio? Burger has been there since day one. She, I was just talking to a client the other day who has also been a longtime client. She's yeah. like, I've had Burger since she was like two years old. I'm like, oh my gosh, she was two. Yeah. She was this little, this little burger. Now she's a big burger. Well, big-ish. But yeah, so Burger has been a staple of the salon since day one. Our little mascot. Yeah. Um, a very sleepy manager, I guess. <laughs> one <laughs> that even, goes with the flow, you know? Yeah, exactly. Even previously, when I worked at another hair salon just before opening, um, mm. she was welcome there. So she's always been in the salon atmosphere. Oh. Like, I've always brought her to work since I've had her, so... She's a little, little stylist dog. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And again, just really adds to the overall vibe of the studio. You just feel that you can just relax and you can play a little fetch with burger and you can just, you know, you're in good hands. You're going to get your hair exactly what you wanted. If not better, usually it's better. And, uh, you walk out. Yeah. It's been such a cool ride. I remember uh, the, not the first time, but it was one of the first times I just walked in and I was like, just cut it all off. And the stylist that I was seeing at the time was like, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> we're doing what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, we're just gonna, we're gonna cut it all off. I'm starting fresh. And as, she, as soon as she was about to cut my hair, she's like, okay, we're gonna cut it now. And I was like, okay. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I think just because, and I, and I know this is pretty typical for a lot of people. You have such an attachment to your hair. It is such a big part of your identity for a lot of people. And for me personally, it is, I do love my hair. I love my curls. At one point I did not. And I wanted just like pin straight hair and just went sort of through that phase. Um, but love my hair, but just wanted a change. And it was great. It was great just like being able to sit there and have that experience and just know that this was just another phase for me and that, you know, hair grows back, but this was just like a cool thing that I was doing. Again, another form of self-expression. Have you had clients where they were just like, they wanted to do something completely, I'm sure you have, but like just within your time at Texture, just completely dramatic. And, you know, they sort of like looked at it at the end and was like, what did I do? But in a good way. Totally. I mean, we, I think also again, because we um, have that comfortable environment, that people are cool. a little bit more willing to, you know, go into that territory of like a big change. Obviously right. we still have certain markers in place where it's like, let's go through the role of questions here as the stylist. Let's make sure there's, you were doing it for all the right reasons and not the impulse as much as we love doing big change and fun colors. We never want someone to be kind of throwing themselves into it 
um, for the wrong reasons or something they might regret. So we do have things in place where it's like, are we sure we're on board with this? But um, again, yeah, I think because we've set the environment in a certain way, people are a little bit more comfortable doing things like that. And we also experience a little bit more of that type of service. So they're in good hands. It's like, we've got this, we can do this together. We can cut all your hair off today together. <laughs> this is, this your is hair our part. haircut. This isn't just your yeah. haircut, it's yeah. our haircut. <laughs> awesome, yeah. So, uh, so you're not originally from Toronto, you're from Markham. So why, why did you choose Toronto as your home base for, for your studio? Uh, Toronto was always, I mean, it was always a cool place to go to, right? Living in Markham, it's, you know, very family, a little sleepier. I mean, there are more busy parts of Markham, of course, as well. Right. But um, Toronto was cool. Toronto was fashion. Toronto was diversity. So uh, it just seemed like the natural progression. And when I started working in salons, I moved to Toronto. So I started to gain clientele in around that area in the East End, um, I worked in Rosedale for a bit, kind of doubled in a few different areas. Yeah. So it just seemed like the place to be. And especially if I wanted to have clientele that were willing to do certain things or experiment a little bit more, Toronto just had to be the place. And when I first started, the aesthetic was very much like a, it was almost like a Toronto, like a jazzed up Toronto alleyway with the yeah. graffiti and all that. So I tried to make like it match the aesthetic inside to what it is, you know, in the greater area of Toronto. So yeah, Toronto was the place. Absolutely. Yeah. I felt the same way when I was, I mean, again, I didn't grow up that far outside of Toronto either. I grew up in Mississauga and, but Toronto was always the cool place to be. It was where all my friends would go on the weekends to party. I wasn't like a huge partier, but uh, yeah, this is, this is where like, we would all just go to hang out and to, you know, just be alive with the city. Like the city never sleeps. I know a lot of people say that about New York and Toronto's kind of like a mini New York, yeah. but it was, it became the place where I could genuinely be myself. And yeah, it was, it was so cool coming to Toronto for the first time living in Toronto. Uh, in my late teens and then I just I just never left because like who wants to go who wants to go back to like I don't know waiting 40 minutes for a bus to go to (laughs) to go to square one I don't know if you've ever been to Mississauga but square one is like the big mall yeah yeah (laughs) and I was just like you know what love Mississauga to go back and like visit my family and I do have family in Markham too uh, but to live there, not ready yet. Not ready yet. Still like the vibrancy of the city and not definitely not ready to leave there yet. So, uh, is it okay? Yeah. You know, live, uh, Toronto is the place. Actually the, the neon sign that I have, it says, um, this must be the place and Absolutely. that's Toronto. This must be the place. Yeah. This must be it. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the name where did the name come from the name um well again I had a, a business partner at the time yeah um I initially thought of a different name and okay. then I was really pressing a friend of mine a stylist 
I was like, you have to come with me, leave where you are, come with me, jump ship, let's do this. And finally she uh, decided that she was going to join me. And through that, we kind of decided that the original name that I had chosen was just not vibing. So we ended up just having a chat, you know, we spent a lot of time, we were friends as well. So in the time that we spent together, we just kind of dabbled a little bit back and forth different with different names. And then this one just came about um, as a result of kind of going through certain words and what we wanted to project. And also I wanted to have a bit of like a, my background, like my dad is from Germany. So mm. German background in there with the umlauts um, over the U. Yes. Uh, so it just, we just played around with it and then it just stuck. So um, I'm glad that was, uh, that ended up being the name because I think in hindsight, I was like, yeah, the original name, no. <laughs> this one works. Let's just say that. <laughs> Good. Yeah. And I mean, speaking of, you know, you just asking your friend to sort of like jump ship and, and make the, the shift with you with texture, um, you know, you being the head honcho, the lady in charge, uh, how has it been from you first starting the studio to now in terms of finding people to fit textures vibe to fit your personality and to fit the rest of the of the studio's personality how has that been for you that that sort of progression of you know first starting a business and now you're seven years in totally um it I mean it's definitely changed over years in terms of the climate and as we both we both know this past year has really thrown thrown us through a loop so um in terms of looking for staff the way we initially looked for staff is very different from the way uh, I look now for staff in that social media has changed. It's not as typical for someone to come physically and hand in a resume. So a lot of people's resumes, I guess you could say are on Instagram. So a lot of it is kind of, you know, scoping out people that way. And it's, it's a great way. And as well, because you can see, their image. You can see what kind of work do they do? What kind of images are they posting about their personal life? You get a feel for who they are as a person, what types of um, things they support. And also now in the transition phases of now being on my own running the business, Mm -hmm. I've made the business cruelty-free and vegan. And so those things now play a large role into you know, communicating what I'm looking for and also seeing what people offer currently, what they're used to working like and what their values are as human beings outside of the salon. Yeah, it's it's great because you bring up such an excellent point about the change in the way that, or like the definition of what a resume is, especially in more creative industries uh, or even I mean, like even things like the real estate uh, industry as well, you can tell by going on somebody's Instagram, what kind of action they're seeing. If they're selling a lot of homes or helping their clients buy a lot of homes uh, coming from, you know, the real estate background as well. And, but I can only imagine from your point of view too, just being able to look on someone's Instagram to actually see what their capabilities are, like what level uh, of expertise that they're at. So that speaks volumes in comparison to 
what someone may write on a resume, which I think is so cool. I think it's such a great way to, like you said, get to know somebody as an individual, if they're a good fit for your company as an individual, as well as a stylist. And, you know, you've made that change to um, cruelty-free. And I know quite a while ago now, you you guys have more of like a philanthropic uh, sort of angle to the to the studio as well and you did I think it was a fundraiser for was it particular um humane society or shelter the Toronto Humane Society we have um partnered up with them a number of times now Uh, only reason for that stalling now has been the the pandemic really but it was about a yearly thing that we started doing um in recent years but it'd be usually in around our anniversary time, our yearly anniversary, we'd do some sort of party fundraiser or we do a month long, you know, portion of the service goes to them. Um, We've also visited them as a salon, uh, like as a team building thing. So we're very much connected in that way with the vegan and cruelty free and also putting that into action, which is important. But um, to speak as well to attracting stylists that are good for us, we also have to really focus on um, how are we attractive to people in the stylist, you know, realm, stylists that want to work somewhere. Why do you want to work here? There's so many opportunities for stylists now in working, you know, through the pandemic, people were working maybe on their own a little bit or have dabbled in, um, yeah, kind of doing their own thing or having more autonomy. So why, choose to work under a roof and uh, I think doing things like really understanding what your image is and what you stand for as a company and your branding and what you're offering is is so important now if you want to attract stylists because stylists have the ability to rent a chair somewhere or to do their own thing and be mobile so um, that's really it really gets the wheels turning on what do we have to offer and not just what are we offering someone coming in? It's a very equal, you know, we're meeting head to head with stylists yeah. um, in that way. Yeah, that's, that's great because they also have to find an environment where they can feel space to grow. And not only as an individual, but as a hairstylist, I think that's the best kind of environment to work in where you feel like you can be yourself and you align so well with the company's values and you can practice, uh, you know, your skills in your truest form. I think to love what you do and do what you love should be everybody's mantra to life. Uh, and if you are not, if you're chasing the dollar, uh, it, it's, it's just not, it's all, it's not what it's all cracked up to be really. Uh, especially being an entrepreneur too, coming from the entrepreneur's perspective, it's like, it's not about the dollar for a really long time. (laughs) (laughs) And even then, even then it comes and goes and, and yeah, you just, you never know. So yeah, absolutely. Like you have to, your heart has to be in it at that point. It is not for the the faint of heart. That's for sure. Absolutely. For all the good reasons too. I completely agree with you. Yeah. And you know, just speaking on the topic of, you know, the, the sort of ebbs and flows of, of being an entrepreneur, you know, when you first started the studio, 
did you feel as though, and I'm sure I know where this answer is going, but did you feel as though you were like, whoa, you know, I don't know. Um, you know, you know, it's just, it's just a delicate place to be in. And I don't want to like shy anyone away from entrepreneurship, but like you said, it's not for the faint of heart. And I, and I want to allow my guests to sort of describe their experience, especially when they're just starting out of what it was like for you to go through those ebbs and flows and how you sort of reframed your mind and thinking like, okay, you know what, I can do this. And, uh, and yeah. And when you saw sort of that, like first peak of success, that like consistency, if you want to just elaborate. Yeah. Um, I, it just reminded me as you mentioned that of the, what I was saying previously to the amount of confidence I had in the idea of mm-hmm. starting a shop. I had this like overconfidence, I can do it better. Um, but in having a brick and mortar, I had to, there was a, quite a period of time where it went from, I was working full time as a stylist to the eventual opening. So mm-hmm in actually building up the salon, it was just a concrete slab when I entered the space with a five-year lease. So all of the, um, the, the lighting, the HVAC, um, everything had to be, it was ground up. So mm. in that period of time in actually physically building the salon, I wasn't, I was doing a little hair on the side, but I wasn't doing my full-time hair. And when mm. you're out of that back-to-back hair rhythm, Um, when you finally are like, oh, tomorrow we're going to open the doors and you're like, oh my gosh, like, have I, I don't know if I've ever felt so not confident in what I was about to do. So there, there is that, but then, you know, you're like, I have to show face tomorrow and be that stylist that was booked back to back. Um, forget about the, the renos and then get back on track. So it really is again, that like underlying confidence in yourself um, in getting back into that mentality, but there are certainly hiccups along the way. I don't know if I answered your question. (laughs) No, absolutely. And I mean, (laughs) no, it's okay. And, and, you know, to have that level of confidence is great in, in, you know, your ability and your idea. And so maybe, you know, you can speak on how, you went from, okay, you know, having clients back to back, um, and doing that as, you know, the opening of the, of the salon was happening. Uh, and then how did you really build that momentum in terms of getting your clientele to be consistent? So was there any sort of like marketing plan that you had in mind that you executed? Um, it was, I had a very small, 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 more than small budget for marketing at the time. And I, Facebook, I mean, that would be our, that was kind of our biggest thing at the time. Even Instagram was kind of, it was, it was definitely there, I believe. Yes. Um, But it was, I mean, if you look, you know, when you like go scroll through someone's Instagram to like the early days and it's kind of like those weird dark filters and stuff. That was the Instagram at the time. So it was a little bit of Facebook, um, and there was, I did literally walk door to door with pamphlets as well. So we had offerings that we did that way. It was very like low cost type stuff, not even, you know, passing the ball off to Canada Post to deliver it, like literally going door to door and putting things in mailboxes. So that was the tactic. And then it was the mentality of just 
all right, we're going to work as long as we need to, you know, 10 hour days every day, no receptionist. So we're booking all of our own clients. We're greeting all of our own clients. We're taking the clients, you know, all that stuff, just starting and putting, getting your hands into every little thing until, okay, now it's like you've built up we're a little bit busier now. Now we can maybe have a part-time receptionist. And then when that happens, then you can kind of, it's those little stepping stones. It's like, it's never that like big leap into, mm. you know, I quit my job and then put all into this. Like a lot of the time it's a little bit more, um, like a, a slower process. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. Very free well, flowing, but it happens naturally over time. Yeah. And I'm so happy to hear you say like, you know, you guys just hit the payment and you guys were just sort of like going door to door, um, and, and promoting yourself that way. Uh, because I think a lot of the time, some people may think like, you know, if I don't have a large presence on social media, then my business might not be as successful. Uh, but just putting into perspective, I mean, going door to door, that has not gone out of style. Like that is word of mouth or going door to door and people actually seeing your face and hearing the words come out of your mouth and feeling that passion that you have for your business and your service that never gets old. So yeah, to hear you say that is like, that excites me. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. You know, it's, it's so, so true. I mean, Instagram is like a huge thing now we do get clients that way, but, um, sure. word of mouth has, and I think always will be our biggest selling, you know, feature there, or, you know, the ability to gain new clientele is people telling their friends or walking out with their hair. And, um, I, yeah, it will never get old really. Yeah. Definitely not. Um, so I'm going to ask you just a little bit more from like the logistical point of view, um, because with the podcast, I really want to give, you know, tangible tools to our aspiring Toronto female entrepreneurs of starting their businesses. So when you like, what was sort of your step one of starting texture in terms of the logistics of it? Like, did you go and register a business number? Like, how did it sort of look? Um, well, first, I, I mean, obviously on my own without a business partner, deciding on a name and all the exciting stuff, you know, I, my dad having owned his own business kind of kept me on track in that way mentally. And you can do all the exciting stuff, like, you know, thinking of a logo and finding a name, but then, okay, we have to like put this into tangible steps here. So, um, registering the business name, um, obviously the business license, mm-hmm. um, that was, you know, big steps I incorporated. And then from there in changing the business name, I had to create a business underneath that umbrella. Um, okay. so that, I mean, those are fairly straightforward steps. I think, um, also then with having a brick and mortar, I had to do, you know, the application for building permits and get all that underway, which can be a lengthy process. Um, I think if I were to, if there's anyone listening that wanted to have a brick and mortar and needs to do some internal work in their space, getting on those building permits is such a big thing. Sometimes it can be quite the lengthy wait. And I imagine um, in this climate now with the COVID thing, you know, everything is extended. So that was a big, big thing. And I did not anticipate that. 
it, I mean, Brittany, you're bringing me way back seven and a half years ago. <laughs> but okay. those were, those, yeah, those were um, the main steps, obviously having a solid business plan and um, a lot of research, really. I'm sure as, you know, in 2021, things have changed a little bit, but the fundamentals are still there where you have to register your business and make sure you have all your licensing in place, make sure that you're able to, whatever profession that you have, hire staff in my yeah. industry there's been a shift between who can hire staff it used to be that you didn't have to have your license or have to have someone um running the business that had their license and now hmm. it, yeah so i have to have my hairstylist license in right. order to have someone working for me in that realm so yeah absolutely yeah lots of lots of great tidbits there because you know, sometimes it differs from like opening a brick and mortar versus running a, a service space or a virtual uh, brand or business. So it's, it's great to know that, you know, having building permits and that being on the forefront of your mind should be, should be the, you know, one of the first things that you look into, uh, especially with the delays that we're still experiencing with COVID. Uh, and all the steps that you sort of have to follow and, and contractors having to follow in terms of, in terms of everything sort of following these, these COVID guidelines. So really, really helpful tip to know. I would love to ask you a few, a couple more questions that I like to sort of round up as my lightning round. And it's really like one word to like a sentence of a response that I'm looking for. Uh, it may be texture studio related. It may be a little bit more personal, uh, but I just want the opportunity for people to kind of get to know you and maybe just answer a few questions off the cuff. So one of my first questions is if you weren't doing hair and if you weren't, if you didn't own your own hair salon, what do you think you'd be doing? Ooh, what would I do? Um, well, I did go to school for psychology. I initially wanted to get into music therapy. Um, I had worked, yeah, in my high school years, I worked at a place called Center for Dreams for adults with developmental disabilities. And there was a Suzelin room in there, which um, housed at times a music therapist. And it was just the most magical experience I've ever seen go down. Like someone um, who couldn't, find a way to silence themselves like verbally um echoalia and all that kind of stuff just went silent upon hearing music and it was just it was awesome so that was kind of a path i was considering for a while and that's something i would you know in another lifetime yeah absolutely and that would be awesome really cool absolutely yeah that's fantastic and just like such great value to, you know, to our, our persons of need. And, uh, and yeah, I mean, music is, is just one of those things where it, it just, it's so versatile in the sense that to one person, it can just sort of like uplift you uh, and sort of get you out of some dark times. And it can be used as a form of therapy as well. So I, I definitely love music for that. All right. Next question. Um, what I want to know is what got you into adopting your second dog? So I don't know, like, is Burger adopted or you had Burger when she was a little puppy? I had Burger when she was a puppy. Okay. Um, Burger is now nine and a half. I can't uh, believe it. 
Yeah. <laughs> She's an old mare now. Um, so burger, no, I did not adopt burger, but you know, yeah. now knowing what I know and, you know, simultaneously with the business and changing all that, yes. um, vegan, all that, you know, cruelty free, it's yeah. going about it that way and adopt, uh, and taking burger on is not something I would do. Uh, with breeders in the future, but I yes. do have an adopted dog now. Um, I've had her for a few years yes. and uh, there's a documentary about the place where I got her from. And I had watched well, a number of documentaries from this place. I have about 1200 dogs and I planned a trip to Costa Rica on my own and just decided to take off in my little car, my car rental. And I was getting closer and closer to this place I had seen in documentaries and they were not allowing anyone in that day, but I was like, I drove six hours and they let me into spot the sanctuary and Pecas, my dog, which means freckles in Spanish. uh, She was following me around all day. I spent the whole day there and just spoke with people that work there. And she just followed me around and I was like, oh my goodness. Uh-oh. <laughs> oh, I think I'm taking so, it on. Oh. And I was in contact with them. I'm like, she has to, she has to move. She has to come with me. All of her puppies were adopted out. So she was left there without her puppies. And I was like, I can't, I can't leave her. So she flew over here. She's a world traveler and she's the sweetest thing. Ever. And she is. I mean, like when we were chatting before, she was just sort of like all nestled up on the couch and or like under the table, like she's just so chill and cute and docile. And uh, hopefully one day you can bring her to this the salon so I can meet her because she's so cute. Oh, I know she she makes her appearance here and there. She's definitely a dog dog. So yeah, working. You know, sometimes it goes with music, other times not so much. So yeah. she makes appearance and then she goes on her adventures during the day so (laughs) cool good that's good and again like just like music dogs are such a great form of therapy and they're just like they love you unconditionally and they're just the best the best presence to have around and the fact that you had the opportunity to take one from you know sort of unfortunate circumstances and you know give her a better life is uh, I've I wanted to do it I think, you know, once I sort of make sure that I have like a good steady schedule and it'll be fair for the dog, I think adoption is, is definitely the route that I'd want to take, uh, because yeah, there's so many dogs out there that need homes. Oh, there's so many to a point where, yeah, you know, I would, I would have another five if I could, but for the exact reasons that you're mentioning, it's also good, you know, it's the idea that, you know, when you're on a plane, if you, you put your mask on first before you put a mask you know, on else. another. So it's for those exact reasons. It's like, you do need to make sure that you can give in the way you want to give. Otherwise it's a disservice. Right. So, but yeah, it, I'm so lucky to have her for sure. They're, they're yeah. quite the pair. They are. Oh my God. And they, and they get, they get along great. They're good. They do. They do. You know, they're, they have their, their little areas. Yeah. But they're, you know, my bigger dog is very protective of Burger now that she's losing her eyesight. So they're, yeah, yeah they're siblings. They're good pals. Awesome. Okay. Final question. Uh, if there was a song, because music is such a part of the experience of going into Texture Studio. Uh, if there was a song that you could think of that would define your personality, what would be, what would be that song? Ooh, 
That's a very good question. You know what? I will say that in the time of, um, you know, now not having this, the tangible CDs, yes. I listen to songs all the time. I listen to songs constantly throughout the day, yeah. every single day of my life at the salon, when I get home in the morning, getting ready. And I know none of the actual titles of these songs. <laughs> so but the question was, um, what, so what song would best defines you? Best define me. It could be me. an old song. It could be a new song. It could be any song, any song. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Quite on the spot. Um, <laughs> ah, that's a, such a good question. I, I think I would have to describe the characteristics of a song more than the song title. Okay. Describe me. Yeah. Um, Take your time. It would, it would just have to be a really, I guess, like a, a fun, dynamic, colorful song, like something that has a lot of heart to it. And yeah. I'm like, oh my gosh, if I could like have all my songs like on list right now. <laughs> okay. but, um, yeah, like probably a rock song, something a little bit, you know, edgy yeah a little edgy a little colorful yeah. um I, I can't even think of a song right now I like it <laughs> no I like it yeah. because I think yeah it's probably, no, honestly like to say, I would probably put one song on and yeah. then I would switch that song over and then I would switch that song over so if that tells you anything that's my answer <laughs> it would just I would be changing the song halfway through to many different songs <laughs> you know what and I share that I share that habit with you because I think throughout the day I go through so many different moods uh and you just you play a song that sort of fits that mood uh or the mood that maybe you're trying to get yourself into for example like when you're getting ready for a workout uh or a bike ride or you know a walk with your dogs uh, it's just, you're setting the tone for so many different things that happen in your life. So I totally understand like continuously switching songs to something else, but I like that description, like having a song that's sort of like upbeat, uh, fun loving, but also like with an edge. So maybe like a bit of, you know, rock to it as well. I think that is like a great, a great way to describe your personality for sure. Yeah. You see what I mean now, now after this, I'm going to be looking through my song list. I mean, like, would that be a song that I would choose? But yeah. <laughs> all right. It is all good. No. Yeah. Like I said, loved the description and we're kind of like, we're on the same wavelength in terms of like wanting to sort of switch things dependent on our mood or what's going on in our day. So I love that. But uh, I want to thank you so much for again, taking the time out and coming to chat with me about texture uh, and really getting to like the nitty gritties of how you started the business, how things are going and how you sort of shaped it to reflect your personality. And I think, like I said, when you find something that you, you do what you love and love what you do, you have truly reached a level of happiness that is like unmatched. And yeah, thank you so much for sharing that journey and continuing to just, you know, exude that vibrancy uh, through texture and the amazing service that you guys provide. Again, guys, a staple in Toronto, specifically in the Leslieville area, you have to go and check out Texture Studio. I will allow Allison to plug herself, but Allison, where can everyone go and find uh, Texture on social media or book awesome. an appointment? So yes, on social media, our main platform right now is Instagram. It's the way you can see all of our work. You can see our personality on there, our address, the way to book, all that stuff. So we're at Texture Studio. It's 
T-E-X-T-U-R studio. And um, that's, yeah, we're 1201 Dundas Street East. That name is about to change, actually. Uh, the street name will change, but that's why it's good to follow us on at Texture Studio so that you can find out any details that are changing and to book an appointment or give us a call, 416-465-3737. Awesome. Thank you so much, Allison. I am very excited for my appointment that is coming up. I'm excited for like a whole new look. It's been too long and it's been like, I think a year and a half. I think I haven't haven't done anything to my hair and I don't plan on allowing anyone to touch my hair until I enter your doors. Uh, So I am very much looking forward to that. Thank you so much and enjoy the rest of your weekend. Thank you so much for an awesome time. Thank you.